You are listening to episode 27 of Rainbow Baby, a podcast documenting a journey of pregnancy after loss. I'm your host, Taylor Bates. In May 2018, my first child, Ellis, was stillborn at 31 weeks for unknown reasons. In the depths of unimaginable grief, my husband Hunter and I knew we wanted to try again. Since then, we've experienced new pregnancies and more loss. We're still hoping for our rainbow baby, which is a baby born subsequent to a miscarriage, stillbirth, TF, MR, or the death of an infant from natural causes. I want to share my story with you because life after pregnancy loss can be so isolating. You'll also hear conversations with others who've walked this path before me. This episode is part two of my conversation with Rachel George, focusing on her book, Grieve, Create, Believe, Process Your Loss with Intention and Truth, and her self-publishing journey. Through several years of experiencing miscarriage, infant loss, adoption, and the recent birth of another baby, Rachel wrote her book, Grieve, Create, Believe, as a way to not only process her own grief through telling her story, but also to help others do the same. Rachel's book acknowledges that we can't escape suffering or run away from pain and helps guide readers through expressing and working through their grief to ultimately move toward healing. Some of the topics we address are how Rachel decided that her writing needed to be shared through a book, how writing the book helped with Rachel's own healing process, how she decided to self-publish, what her editing process looked like, learning what she could do herself to create the book and what to seek help with, putting together her own self-publishing team, and determining when her book was finished. One quick note, the audio quality when I'm talking in this episode has some background noise from my neighbor's leaf blower, but it fades away after the first 10 minutes or so. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Rachel. Okay, so... For those of you that don't know, Rachel has written a book called Grieve, Create, Believe, Process Your Loss with Intention and Truth. And um, I actually was one of the the first, I think, I don't know if you had like a pre-order, but I, I got your book like the second that it was available. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said earlier, I had found you through Hope Writers, which is um, an online organization that um, supports writers. It has a kind of a a spiritual foundation to the group, but you don't have to have that as part of your journey. But um, I I remember, yeah, seeing this post from you and you were writing about, um, sharing about Clive and Winnie and that journey and how you were writing this book. And so um, I just felt that connection because from the beginning of my grief journey, part of my, you know, expression of my grief has been through writing and, that really helped me to process my own um, emotions and then also start to create my own meaning out of the loss, which felt at the time really meaningless. Um, And so I think that your book helps people to walk through that process themselves. Um, Because for me, I'm writing a memoir about our journey through stillbirth and grief. Um, And, but your book really is, like I consider it to be kind of a workbook, mm-hmm. um, but it also weaves your story from the beginning throughout the whole book, mm-hmm. which I loved. So um, I I have a quote from the book, and I think you wrote this, um, I can't remember if it was in the introduction or conclusion, but 
He said, The majority of this book was written in the messy middle of my story, after Clive's death, after Winnie's death, before our adoption, and before a healthy biological child was in our arms. It was important to me to wrestle and capture my grief before the story could be tied up with a bow, before the path of our future looked clear. And I just loved that you acknowledge that because in my own process of writing, I'm, I'm about halfway through a draft of my memoir. I've also felt like that was important that, um, and obviously I haven't written the ending of my book yet, but I don't want it to necessarily have like a pretty bow on the end of it because that's not how life works. Mm -hmm. And um, kind of like we said earlier too, just about the idea of having a rainbow baby. Some people might think, oh, your story is it's perfect now. Your life is perfect. It's all good. And, um, and a lot of people, you know, grief looks different for everyone. So I think, um, I, I love that you had that as kind of an important element of your book mm -hmm. of just showing the messy middle and not being afraid to be vulnerable. And you have these anecdotes throughout each chapter where you share, um, some of them are journal entries that were, you know, you were very freshly grieving the death of one of your babies or after your miscarriage. And, um, and so I just, I really appreciated that because a lot of times, writers will you know tell their story years later on and so I, mm -hmm. I loved being able to see the words that you actually wrote in your journal like mm -hmm. when it, when you were going through it which isn't always pretty but it's also how we connect and feel less alone which is so important when you're grieving um so <laughs> i would love to hear just kind of what drew you when did you first think like okay i need to write a book because um, I know that you were you were writing through your grief as part of your own expression, but when did you feel like, okay, this actually needs to be like a physical thing that exists in the mm -hmm. world? Yeah. Um, so I think it was probably about four months after Clive died. Um, I had done this like um, this grief project. It was like a daily writing and. Um, photograph thing and I and it was very into creative expression and kind of finding your own path and um, it was very helpful to me um, and but I found that you know there's a lot of other people kind of doing the same project alongside of me and um, on Instagram and on Facebook and I, it was really great to connect with you know other people and stuff but um I did find that there was some level of some some people. Um, it felt like the um, kind of like what we talked about earlier that the grief was happening to them. They were um, it's like it was an outside thing happening to them rather than something that they were like walking through or experiencing. And I felt like there was a lot I could learn from it. And I think. I think I have a natural tendency to want to process and kind of like teach or share with others. Um, and so um, at some point I just thought, you know, these, there was these kind of different topics that I thought um, kind of went along with my grief with um, they ended up being the chapters in my book. And I actually, I feel like God really like put those words on my heart. So, um, you know, working through, um, 
lament and comfort and um, the idea of identity, working through the identity that you lose and have to like, reform um, in loss and um, the, the joy you experience, um, you can still experience, you know. And um, so, yeah, I think it was pretty early on that the my expectation of what the book would look like was a lot more simple and kind of workbook and like a coloring book. And um, as time went on and I kept working on it, it turned into something pretty different from what I expected. And of course, a lot more was added to it um, as more losses happened. And I... I had to stretch myself and grow a ton as a writer because um, I taught kindergarten, <laughs> so I hadn't really written um, much and, or even taken much. I think I don't even think I took a comp class in college. I think I passed out of that with my ACT. So anyway, I hadn't, taken, <laughs> hadn't written much um, since high school and college. And college, it was very um, research based. So. Um, so it stretched me a lot to do more creative writing and um, I liked the challenge of that too. And anyway, it, it kind of became something different. Um, so I started working on it in, um, early, in late 2015 and it came out in early 2020. So quite a long time. I, I left it for big chunks of time and didn't work on it for big chunks of time, but um, but yeah, quite a, a long process and just felt like something I wanted to work on and very personal project, um, very um, kind of for me and but hoping that it would be helpful to, yeah. to some other people too. Yeah, I um, did a workshop with Allie Fallon and mm -hmm. it was wonderful and she talked about this kind of magical thing that happens with writers through the book writing process that she's witnessed now, you know, hundreds of times working with so many writers is that as writers um, start to write the ending of the of their book, they actually kind of write in real time. They're working through these ideas in their own life and mm -hmm. healing happens that's unexpected mm -hmm. and powerful and real. Um, and so I'm curious, you know, for you, you were working on this book, like you said, over the course of five years and kind of putting it away and then bringing it back and you had more loss and more grief. And so it evolved over time. Did you have that experience of, you know, the book kind of helping to, you know, work through your own grief yeah. and healing process? Yeah, I would say definitely. I think it forced me to, um, to face some questions. It forced me to, um, you know, there's even stuff that I had written after Clive died, and then I reread it after Winnie died, and I'm like, wait, <laughs> wait, did I write that? Because I don't think that anyway anymore, <laughs> or I'm having trouble believing that now, or um, how could I have had that kind of like um, rock solid faith, you know, after after that, or something like that. So um, I feel like it kind of it grew along um, with me and um, and just gave a lot of space for, for processing. And of course, you know, it's, it's all about the process. So um, it, 
yeah, it was very helpful. I think a helpful companion to my grief. And and I think that I I did hit some point along the way where I realized, um, and I think I mentioned it um, in the book as well that like this is just this is my grief at this point. You know, in in a few years, um, I could feel really differently about stuff. In um, if something had happened to Miles, I could have felt really differently. There's you know, we're always growing and changing, and it, um, I could have waited forever to write the book if I had felt like I needed to figure it all out. But um, I think there's room for kind of being in the middle of it all. And um, I had read a lot of books that felt very tidy, <laughs> and they made me feel uncomfortable. Um, because I felt like they were portraying something that I, and I don't mean this as a slight to any authors, because I think that they were being honest, you know, they were portraying what they felt like they needed to um, in their own writing, but at times it felt kind of like it was this um, putting a filter over the pain and um, just making things seem like, oh, it's okay now, and it's all good. He's in heaven, or my child is in heaven, or my spouse is in heaven, and you know, there's still great things, and I believe those things, but um, I guess I just felt like I needed to um, have a lot more space for saying, and the pain is still here, and it's okay, and um, sitting in the pain and the suffering is not a bad thing, there's nothing wrong about that there's nothing um you know sinful or sad or it's just a reality of that and different personalities have different mindsets and i i understand that so um i think it's just kind of my natural tendency to to want to dive deep into those emotions and those feelings and um and not feel uncomfortable with that um i think i feel a lot more uncomfortable with surface level things or um, with things that seem glossed over and inauthentic or meaningless yeah so yeah and I know on your blog, you've written, of course, as I start talking, the lawn guy gets like really loud. Um, so on your blog, I've read several posts that you've written about the process of actually self-publishing. Mm-hmm. So right now, um, I'm kind of at a place where I have my book outlined. You can see it behind me. Yeah, I thought that might be it. <laughs> um, it. And I have my manuscript, like a draft of it, about halfway written. I'm working with a writing partner and... Um, I've kind of explored both paths of what it would look like if I tried to pursue an agent and traditional publishing. And right now, you know, during the pandemic, that's also all totally different, Mm -hmm. um, than it necessarily would be in quote normal circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm a lot more interested in the self publishing Mm -hmm. route. So I, I read your blog posts about your process and was just really inspired that you, um, you know, took the initiative to kind of learn a lot of new skills. In addition to, like you said, stretching yourself as a writer, you learned about how, how to design and lay out the book, which I find super impressive because I think it looks 
amazing. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to tell that it was like a self-published thing. It looks like it, just any other book. Um, so that's really inspiring to me. I'm a creative person. So I also remember reading in your post that um, you wanted to have that kind of authority to really tell your whole story, you know, as in the messy middle and not necessarily have that um, a, a publisher kind of give you a certain direction. You, you wanted to be able to just express it the way that it needed to be expressed. And I can really relate to that. Um, so I'd love to hear just about how you made that decision to self-publish and then what that um, experience was like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so self-publishing, um, I think as I um, began um, like understanding more about the publishing process, the traditional publishing process um, through the group, the writing group I was in, Hope Writers, um, I felt like um, I felt a bit overwhelmed at the um, you know the idea of having to find um, you know all these different things like the the publisher, an agent, um, an editor, all these things that you know would eventually uh, have a book traditionally published and um, on on bookstore shelves and all of that. Um, but I, I suppose as I was you know looking into that, there was a few people that um, I listened to um, either a talk that they did or. I saw some of their posts that they wrote that um, they had done self-publishing and I thought they had done it really well. And um, I started pursuing a little bit more like looking into what that looked like. And um, with, um, with my story, <laughs> I felt like it was just such a personal journey. Um, and the more I understood about publishing, I, I realized that um, if you do traditional publishing, it takes it takes quite a long time for the book, once it's done, to be published and released. Um, and there were certain aspects of it that you kind of lose some creative control. And um, probably some of that I didn't want to relinquish out of pride. And I do see that that can be a very negative thing. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot I could have improved on um, with the book and um, could have made it more marketable or more um, just kind of um, broadly um, sellable broadly marketable but um there was just I think in my journey so many things were so tender and close to me that it felt like um I didn't want to hand over um that they, those things um there have been some instances in um in our um grief journey one that I think of is when we were applying to do, um, when we were doing our adoption home study, one of the social workers we met at one point um, just said something along the lines of like, when you have your photo books, you have a, a, a book for your, um, for moms to look through, for birth mothers to look through um, in order to pick a family. And she said something along the lines of like, 
don't don't put pictures of your of your babies that have died in there like that's just too much it's too much that you you just you can't do that or something like that and um it was very it was very upsetting to me um and i understand her mindset because i think that there um there can be a lot of pictures and i'm sure a lot of our pictures are you know just a lot for somebody to look at um but um it was it was just very upsetting to me to feel like somebody was taking that control away from me or that decision away from me. And it just made me realize how tender and close, like, um, my story was, you know, to my heart. And I feel like even, um, having somebody say, well, you should take this part out or you should add this part in or something like that, like would just feel very, very, very personal, like a critique of my child almost or something. Um, and, um, so I think in the end, um, I just had to kind of go with what my my gut feeling was. And, um, I felt like I had the capacity and I love learning. I love like being challenged by new skills. The problem is I only tend to do things like one time. So I never like master them really well, but, um, I just wanted to learn how to do like start to finish. And, and there was something about it too, that it felt like it was so intensely personal and like, like a baby, like something that I nurtured and grew and then released into the world. And, um, I did have, um, a few friends really help me with the writing craft and, um, push me further into, um, the, way that I wrote and, um, you know, read some really, a really, really rough draft, which I was glad that I gave them the roughest draft because I knew whatever critique I got from it wouldn't hurt my feelings. And then, um, I really cleaned it up a lot, worked, I mean, worked for like maybe almost nine months on that, the next version. And then, and then it was more like an editable draft. Um, as far as like proofreading and working on, um, just the way I was storytelling and things like that. So, um, did you actually hire an editor at any point? Cause that's something I've wondered about. I didn't, but, um, I think it's just because I had some friends who were really gifted in that and really willing. Um, one of them, one of them was, um, just really good at, um, pushing me forward in like the more the writing and one of them in the end was really good at like the proofreading and kind of nitpicky things that I was missing. Um, and I did, I tried to do a lot of reading and just like reflecting and, and thinking when I would read a book, Oh wow. They, they wrote it this way. You know, it's kind of, you're starting to notice the ways that people wrote. And I wrote, I read a couple books on writing that were helpful. Um, what were those books? Um, on writing well, um, which is I think Zinzer's, um, that's a little bit more like structural writing and um, just taking out like all the fluff of your um, of your content. Um, and then um, Madeline Langle's book about writing and Bird by Bird. Um, 
I'm blanking on some of the authors and <laughs> names together, but, um, and then I read some books on marketing and some different things like that. And I think that that's probably where I could have grown a lot more. And I think where a lot of people, when they self publish, everything's in your court as far as marketing it, as far as, um, you know, you have to be able to see it to completion. And, um, my goal was to write the book and to be able to cover some of the costs of, of like my writing membership and, um, some of the other costs for classes and different things that I did um, to learn how to do it. Um, and I was able to do that. And, and I feel like I don't have huge lofty goals to sell, um, you know, thousands upon thousands of copies, but I feel like it's, it's a slow, you know, it's a slow process and um, it's there. It's available. And um, I could do more with it if I want to, but um, I feel very satisfied in in um, in the copies that I sold, and um, I think I I never aspired to be like a, a career writer. Um, I don't know if I have another book to write. I don't know if that will happen, but, um, but yeah, for me, self publishing just seemed like the best way, and I feel very very happy with it and and the more I explored with you know if you have um if you choose to publish with a traditional publisher um but it's more of a, a memoir style or something that is um I don't know you, you end up having to do a lot of the marketing yourself and right um I found that in the end of the day it probably wouldn't be all that different. It was just a lot more work on my on my part. And I would have had to hire out all the different pieces if I didn't learn how to do some of the things myself, um, which could have gotten expensive. But um, I don't think it, I would have made more money doing traditional publishing. I don't think I would have. Um, but I do think it would have maybe been a little bit more emotionally draining for me, for myself. I like having that, um, that journey and that control. And... Um, and I had a I had a very strong vision of where I wanted it to go, um, and so it wasn't it wasn't as hard as it might be for some people to to really have a clear vision of where they want their book to go and what they want it to be. So. Yeah, I've I've heard similar things about for first time writers, even if you're with a traditional publisher a lot of times they want you to come with your own marketing plan anyways. Mm-hmm. So to me, that seems like kind of one of the biggest pieces um as far as like something that i'm not that knowledgeable about and what i would want from a publisher so if if i'm not going to get that from them anyways then Mm -hmm. why not just do it myself yeah because like you said you know i'm similarly i i like the creative control and and that that idea of of having someone else kind of edit my story not not just you know beyond just grammar but like i think you should take this part out that that would be difficult for me too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's good to hear you. This is affirming for me to hear. Cause I feel like these are all the things I'm kind of wrestling with. right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, but I decided just at a certain point I couldn't wait. Like I have my outline, I have it all ready to go and I couldn't wait to try and get an agent or something. I just needed to start writing. Mm-hmm. And part of that was like knowing that, okay, a baby is coming and that's going to change Mm-hmm. my life mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I need to I just feel this very strong urge of like almost 
kind of need to birth this book before I can yeah, birth another baby. Absolutely. And I'm curious, like, how much did that weigh in on your, um, like, the due date of your book? Mm-hmm. You know, because I know it was just a month before Miles was born. Mm-hmm. So did the was that intentional? Yeah. Um, so I would have loved to have it be done earlier um but we opened a coffee shop the year before and so i like had to dedicate several months to really working on that stuff uh, we opened a second coffee shop in roastery so wow um so i feel like it put a little bit of a, a wrinkle in my plan <laughs> but um but in the end yeah i had like my book launch party about a about a month before um miles was born and I think it was just perfect. I think, um, you know, my my goal for the book was to have it exist and to be, pr- be have it be something I was proud of and for it to be something that I personally, like, that, I, that helped me work through a lot, for it to be something that helped some people and for it to be something that, like, my kids can be proud of someday. And I feel like it accomplished all those things. Like, um, I just remember at my launch party, which um, I'm just so grateful that, you know, I got to have that before Miles was born and before the coronavirus happened. Um, yeah. Just, I just felt so happy, like walking away from that, um, just the sense of gratitude and relief. And um, I, I tend to be the kind of person, and I hate this about myself, but that like when something's over, I'm like, mm, could have been better. Like <laughs> yeah. I can think of about three reasons, <laughs> three ways that, you know, this could have been better. That could have been better. Um, you know, but it felt like, um, it felt like a, a wedding day or a baby shower or something. It just felt like so much, um, love and accomplishment. And, um, it just, it felt very collaborative and, um, yeah, I, I think it was the perfect time. Now, I don't say that it would be like the perfect time as far as like selling copies and stuff because I haven't um, put a ton of effort and time into marketing. But um, but I feel like I feel proud of um, the amount. Um, like if I haven't quite hit like a thousand copies yet, but I, I think that I will, you know, at some point. And yeah. Um, and I just, That's yeah, great. I feel, yeah, I feel good about it. And, yeah. um, and it's, it's, I think if anything that my kids have taught me, like, you know, there's no like hustle and rush. We, you know, everything about life is this like long process, this steadiness, mm-hmm. like we don't have to, um, push things, you know, before they're ready. And I think that, there could have been a book written before Winnie came and it wouldn't have been the right thing, you know, there could have been, um, you know, and so it all just unfolded in the right way. And um, yeah, I feel, I feel really grateful for it. And I don't, I feel like my brain, like I actually, you know, have flipped through a few things today in the book. Um, just as I was preparing for um, our chat and I was, you know, I feel like my, my brain in the um, fogginess of, of motherhood, the last um, six months would not have been able to focus on (laughs) to write some of that. So, you know, it it is what it is. And um, 
Yeah, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful that I had the time in that season. And I know that that's something that a lot of people don't have um, and maybe, you know, aren't able to do. So I'm, I'm really appreciative of it. Yeah. And I, I also have heard that, um, you know, the marketing, so much of it is really just word of mouth and not necessarily something that you could do all of these amazing marketing tactics and that would, you know, make it successful. I think the nature of your book is something that someone's going to be touched by it and then they're going to share it with another person who they feel like would benefit from it. And, and I think maybe that is a more slow process, but it'll have, you know, more, um, meaning and kind of power behind it. And, and so I think, yeah, that you just have to trust that Mm -hmm. natural kind of unfolding Mm -hmm. of the book's life. Yeah. And, um, cause yeah, I've heard, um, some writers say that a lot of publishers, traditional publishers will look, you know, they'll, they'll want to see a book proposal from a writer who has like no fewer than 30,000 social media followers. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, in actuality, when you really look at the data, only like, I think it's like 10% or less of those followers will actually, you know, purchase a book or Mm -hmm. or take that next step. And so Mm -hmm. even for really successful authors, the, um, it, it really is like word of mouth Mm -hmm. and people, people find something they like and then they share it because Mm -hmm. it was meaningful for them. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's good to hear you say too, just like that you're having those kind of thoughts, but ultimately I think it's affirmed when you really look at other people's true experiences and that, um, it is, it's a slow process and you've already done the hardest part Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it just kind of gets to naturally Mm -hmm. unfold. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that was, those were kind of my big questions was around like, um, the, just like, how would you have, how did you decide that it was done? Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like you addressed that really beautifully of just, you know, you could have written it earlier mm-hmm. after Winnie's death or, or you know, just there are so many points. I felt that too with my book, like, oh, I've had almost two and a half years. I, I should have already, mm-hmm. could have already had it done. And it's like, well, there are so many elements to it that have continued to evolve and um, that wouldn't have happened if I had yeah, done it sooner. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I can feel that like perfectionist urge in myself mm-hmm. of, of wanting to, um, the longer I'm holding on to it, I'm like, well, I could do this or mm-hmm. I could do, I could change this. And it's like at a certain point you also have to just call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just make decisions, stick with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It helps. Yeah. So what would be like, you know, a, a tip or a piece of advice that you would have for, um, well, you can, you can tell it as though it's me, but it's also mm, for anyone else out yeah. there who's interested in, in writing or publishing a book, self-publishing a book. Um, I would say really just considering, um, what someone would take away from like an overarching idea, you know, um, because it's, it's easy to read about someone's experience, but I think there has to be a level of like what um, 
you know, what, what touches down deeper into something that as the person is reading that they can relate to, um, whether they've had a similar experience or, um, experienced something that's very different, but there's like some touchstones that they can relate to. So, um, I think just like looking at the, the, the overarching, um, um, story, and kind of considering what are those themes that are you know going through the story and what are some of the key takeaways and and what do you want you know someone to experience when they read um the book um is it something um you know that they'll walk away with a certain just new knowledge or uh, a mindset shift or um, I just think it's really important to be considering like the the end product and who's going to be the reader and mm-hmm. how will it benefit somebody and um, and I think in the end you know it's okay for it to be mostly about like the author's process and and mostly um, like kind of a healing journey for them. It doesn't you know it doesn't have to have like. Um, all of the elements of, you know, being this um, perfect lesson of a story or something like that. But, um, but it is good to just keep the reader in mind too, um, because there is going to be a reader. It's a book, mm-hmm. you know. It's not just a journal. It's a book. So, um, and yeah, I think that, that that's probably one of the most helpful things for me. And that was easier for me um, because my book was a little bit more oriented toward um, like processing and had a lot more like um, reflection for the reader. Um, But yeah, I, um, I have appreciated reading a ton of different, you know, types of books and, um, and I feel like the ones that touch me the most are the ones that somebody just, you know, shares their story and um, allows people into some of those hidden places, but does the hard work of really um, figuring out meaning from the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, one thing I love about the way you structured your book is – um, you made it really accessible for someone who is freshly grieving because mm-hmm. I know early in grief, like my brain just was functioning at like 5% capacity. Yeah. yeah. And so the way you've laid everything out, you know, it, someone who is very, very newly grieving could just open up the index and kind of find exactly what they need in that moment. Yeah. Like, okay, I, I need lament or I need peace, comfort, mm-hmm. and each chapter has kind of an anecdote from your own experience that's very digestible. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe kind of a page or so, mm-hmm. um, and then you have creative responses that people can use to work through, and so yeah, it's just like each chapter you could kind of reference and go back to, revisit, mm-hmm. 
Um, so I really appreciated that of just the way you structured it. You were, I could definitely mm-hmm. tell you had your reader in mind mm-hmm. kind of in all the different stages of, of grief. Because mm-hmm. for me, I know it took me probably like six months to even feel like I was operating at like maybe like 50 or 75% capacity of my normal like brain yeah. function. Um, yeah. So that's something that I've kept in mind as I'm writing is like, you know, if there's someone who's newly bereaved, who's reading this, is it, are they going to be able to even, like, they might have to read just five minutes at a time and then set it yeah. down because that's mm-hmm. all they can handle. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I appreciated that you mm-hmm. had that clearly mm-hmm. in mind. So, yeah, I, awesome. I think it was so wonderful. Yeah, it was so yeah. good to chat. And please yes. keep me, you know, I, keep me in the loop with your book stuff. I I'm will. I'm so excited to hear. And yeah. if there's any way I can be of help with that. And, you yeah. know, I just want to, I, I think it's one of those things, like, if you want to do it, you'll do it. Like, it, yeah. you know, just set your mind to it. And I am one of those people who I, I definitely think if you just, you know, dedicate the time for it and also be it's okay if it doesn't get done before the baby comes it's okay you know right. just like be okay with that and don't put you know put, pour your creative energy into it but if it starts being unhelpful to you you can shelve it for a little bit and you will yeah. you will have time you know and you'll and you will need something to be like working on too when right you know like for yourself after the baby's here too yeah. so yeah um and yeah, I, I think it's something like a hundred percent achievable. So especially for somebody who seems to be very dedicated and sees projects through like you, you know, like you do with this podcast and everything. Yeah. So yay, I'm so yeah. excited. So I'll, I'll probably have questions like nitty gritty questions. For like, sure. You you use the Amazon um I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like print on demand, basically, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Create. I think it's Amazon Create Space. Is that what it's called, or is that? What it's yeah. Called? Anyway, yeah. Yeah, I use theirs, and um, so I can order. I can order copies. Um, like I sell them online, but then I can also order copies. They end up being. I want to say they're about seven dollars each. If like I want to sell them myself. Um, nice. So. I, you know, I have, I usually have a box of books, um, especially if people locally want to just like swing by and pick one up for a mm-hmm. friend or something. So, mm-hmm. um, and I sell, sold those in my book party and yeah, stuff like that. It's, it's, um, it, that has been like a really good process. It was pretty, pretty smooth process with Amazon. Um, and I had to learn how to format the book and stuff, although I could have hired all that out. Um, but mine was like pretty it was a little harder because it was so graphic like right you know so I'm super um, impressed that thank you thanks that. it was so fun yeah like, really fun for me and I wouldn't have done it if I mean if I didn't like those parts of it I wouldn't have right done it. like right that's not um yeah there's no reason for somebody to do those things if it's like not a fun yeah. part <laughs> so um so yeah it, it was it was a good process for me. So, um, 
you will figure, you know, you'll figure it all out as you go. Well, I have a, a, a helpful thing in my back pocket because my sister and my mom are both graphic designers. Oh, that's awesome. So I've already looped them in. I'm like, y'all are oh, going to be so helping cool. me. So this. I had a fun party with a couple of my, a few of my friends kind of early on. I don't even know what it was called, party, but um, basically like I printed out like all my pictures from Pinterest, like for book cover design and just kind of like what I wanted it to look like on the inside and stuff. And just like, we like looked through stuff and just like talked about it and they asked questions. It was kind of like, just like this brainstorming session. That was really fun for me. We had, you know, desserts and just kind of talked through it because I think sometimes it felt very isolating making those decisions alone when you're self-publishing, you're very alone. So you have to kind of pull people into it with you like hey can you read this can you you know like you're doing with your writing partner um and get feedback and and just have like because you have a team otherwise you have a team who you know from the publisher who is like giving you guidance on stuff but you kind of have to form your own teams but the cool thing is is you can kind of pick these people that you like you know that you love already and that you you know get along with and I picked friends who I liked their style and stuff and, and they helped me like decide on some things or just confirmed things that maybe I liked it and I'm like what do you think of this and then they liked it too so that was cool um, yeah that was really fun for me so yeah I love that idea I'm gonna use that idea of yeah. the, the party yeah yeah party brainstorm yes That's super great. fun super fun so it can be fun. All of it can yeah. be fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still having fun. Okay. So it's a it's a process that, I mean, it, as you know, it, some of it's really hard to revisit, you know, the, the trauma and write through all of that. But um, I think for the most part, that's been healing and mm-hmm. there's been a lot of joy in it mm-hmm. too. Because of, of, um, my book is, in the beginning, of course, I start with, telling about the stillbirth but Mm -hmm. I'd say in my mind three-fourths of it is about the miraculous things that happened through grief Mm -hmm. so tentatively the title is the darkest lightest time Mm. and it's this kind of grappling with like how can the darkest most horrible thing that I could have ever imagined also be this time that brings the most light yeah. that I've ever experienced yeah, and where God is more present than I've ever experienced. Yeah. Like how can, how, how did mm-hmm. that happen? Mm-hmm. And then of course, like all the, the rainbow stories and these things that you could explain as like natural phenomena, but mm-hmm. the way they aligned with our experience felt like miracles. Mm-hmm. And so those things are really fun to write about. That's really and cool. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm like still excited like about good. the chapters that I have coming yeah. up to write so, good 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 yeah. awesome yeah. so fun I hope this episode was meaningful for you to connect with me you can visit taylorashleybates.com and also find me on instagram please share this podcast with anyone you know who is walking through life after pregnancy loss whether they are trying to conceive currently pregnant or parenting after loss Until next time, I'm Taylor Bates, sending you peace and hope for your journey.